Welcome to the Press Conference Podcast, where we bring you the pressing information nobody asked for. I'm Dave, and I'm here with my co-host, Phil. How's it going, man? Good, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm going good. Yeah, good to get uh, back behind the mic again. I know. I'm I'm really sorry that we had to postpone a week. Um, Just had some some life happenings, um, and I think it was just a bit hard to get some time to, to record. Obviously, us living in two different states. Um, and trying to kind of align our schedules. Um, so I'm really sorry about that, but keen to be back on the mic now. Yeah. And it's good to be back. Um, what have you been listening to lately? To be honest with you, on the back of the Metalcore Snitches Tour, I have been absolutely smashing Elf Wolf. Yep. Um, but also the new Thornhill album. I think I've had that on repeat, or if not every second listen has been that album. Well, heroin's very good. I um I know we'll we'll get to uh, talking about our, our favorite music of the year eventually, but yeah, that album is it just gets better with every listen, and I think it's going to age really well. Yep, I um what, I've only listened to it a couple of times. I waited till the vinyl came, and that came during yep. the week, and they all look awesome, and yeah. it just hits really hard. I usually listen through like one earbud when I'm listening to stuff around home because I can hear the yep. kids and all that kind of stuff. But having it come through two speakers, like at a decent volume, it just really, really hits. I'm so glad I pre-ordered it. and so glad they've kind of gone in that direction because I think it's a, a, a good growth for them. Uh, I agree. And I, I mean, I think we might have briefly spoken about this after I went to Unify um, earlier in the year and they played their singles, you know, in their set with their songs off their previous stuff. And... It just worked really well. Uh, so I can't wait to see their tour. And I think it starts next week, actually. Yep. Um, I can't wait to see their tour and see how the songs translate because there's front to back. I, I, there's not a song in there I don't like. So keen to see them live. Yep. Me too. All right. So yeah. I've been um, I've been on a screamo deep dive the last, yep. the last little bit. And so a bit of background. I thought screamo until like two years ago was like Thursday, early thrice, Silverstein. I, I probably would have agreed with you. <laughs> yeah. And I was really um, I was really taken aback when I started doing some research into to more Screamo bands and turns out there's there's Screamo, which is like post hardcore, and then there's real Screamo, which is like emo violence, um, very erratic fast, angry yep. music with like high pitched tone guitars and stuff. And yep. it blew my mind. Um, so these bands like don't last very long, just a bit like, uh, melodic hardcore stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I've, I've been listening to, uh, you and I, so they've got a discography yep. on, on Spotify that people can get onto Seisha, which are the same. They only release like, some EPs and one album. So they've got their collection um, that's been put on Spotify as well. And another band called Ostraka, uh, their album called Last. They're yep. like the the top band for me at the moment in that in that um, in that genre. They just play this erratic, fast, like screaming yeah <laughs> violence stuff but then in the middle of their album is like very ambient very post-rock yeah. think like some 
Cult of Luna kind of stuff, and it's really cool, yep. and it just really gets you amped. I think it's really interesting because we, you know, we had our conversation last episode about melodic hardcore and what it meant to us, and I think we were we were kind of around the same mark. But yep. um, some of the conversations we've we've had with some of our friends outside of you know us two um, have kind of opened my eyes as well. And you know, similar to you going mm-hmm. down that screamo route, um, you know, melodic hardcore maybe the glass shattered a little bit to what I think it could be Me and too. what it might've been in the past. And, you know, um, one of the recommendations that uh, I'd never listened to before, and it, I was kind of disappointed that I hadn't, but hopes fall. Um, one of those early melodic hardcore bands yep. that I probably didn't realize was melodic hardcore at the time. Um, it's just, yeah, it's crazy. And so all this new music that we're finding through convos from the show, I think, um, is what we wanted. Right. And I love it. Exactly. So, yeah. I'm, I'm so pumped. And to just to hear, what people have to say, like in just, like in um, in comparison to what we think is like something, it's it's really yep. cool just to hear other people's opinions and and broaden our horizons on that because it's really cool listening to new stuff anyway. Yeah, and I think um, you know those conversations with people are only going to get you know happening more and more. Um, don't want to. Sp- talk too much about what we might have in plan uh, uh, for the future but um yeah i'm so keen to just start talking to more people about music and what it means to them and and maybe getting a perspective that you know you or i haven't had so yeah it's been good yeah definitely uh so have you had any new pickups this week or new deliveries uh, have i had any new deliveries this week i uh, last week, as I said, on the back of um, going to Alpha Wolf's uh, Aussie headline tour mm-hmm. uh, with Fit for a King, uh, Great American Ghost, and Pale Dusk, um, I was really excited for Alpha Wolf. I was really excited for Great American Ghost, and I was excited for Pale Dusk, but I'd never really listened to Fit for a King. Um, but after seeing them live, I kind of, yeah, they blew my mind a bit. So yeah. I got their most recent album last weekend. Um, I also picked up the new rage album oh yes yeah yeah very good. you know aussie hardcore band so uh really happy to get that um and you know as i mentioned hopes fall been binging them a bit lately mm-hmm. i picked up their latest album as well um so yeah it's been good what about you have you got much uh i went to flip through some stores on the weekend actually and um and picked up a copy of black flags damaged so i've been yep. after that for ages and really just kind of haven't picked it up because I hadn't, I knew it was around. It's one of those yeah. things where you I'll get it next time kind of thing. So I finally pulled the trigger. I got that from, uh, from poison city. Yep. That's a sick store. That's so much punk stuff. I don't think I've been there. It's really small. They've moved up from Brunswick. So they're, they're more like at the, the top end of, of Northcote now in a quieter okay. part of town. Uh, yep. but Andy who runs it, he's a really cool guy. He like runs the, the label as well. And yep. he, um, yeah, we were talking about some of the stuff he'd done in the past. So he'd done like the weekender, which is like a huge like festival that was spread out, out across a whole heap of different venues, a bit like, um, dark mofo, but a bit small, like oh, cool. very, very much smaller than that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he, he, um, had some good stories and stuff too. And I also got, uh, picked up. Uh, an album called Fixation of a Coworker by Dead Guy. So they're like mid-90s, yep. early early metalcore stuff. So that was really cool to see that. I've never seen that in the wild before. So 
I couldn't leave I've that I've never behind. seen it in my life before you sent me a photo. <laughs> so I've, I've, I've saved it to my my um, my library to give a listen uh, this week. Um, yeah. Yeah, never heard of it before. So <laughs> It's cool. It's raw. And um, yep. yeah, I just love that stuff. I'm getting more into that early 90s yep. uh, victory record stuff. Yeah, nice. Cool. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll kick off into our pressing topic for the week. Yeah. So I'm really excited about this one this week. Um, I'm keen to hear about more about what this band meant to you as we went mm-hmm. through. But, you know, we, we talked about um, having these topics or bands to talk about. And, you know, we started with Architects. We did Melodic Hardcore. I think you made a really good point when we were talking, you know, off mic about what we'd do next. And it, we probably might, it might benefit not doing something that's, you know, on the heavier side of things. Yep. Um, so we've picked a band that, you know, has been huge for the scene. Um, they've had seven albums, three EPs, a bunch of covers, um, you know, over their career, um, a, a solid 17 years career, um, mind you, and still going. Um, so I'm really excited this week to talk about Mayday Parade. I had a dream last night, we drove out to see Las Vegas We lost ourselves in the bright lights I wish you could have seen us Begging for change to get home Or at least San Francisco Let's put a tent on the high kind I spend a summer on the west Tell me history with the band. So Mayday Parade, I think for me, um, you know, I've been thinking a lot about it and they're probably one of my favorite bands, you know, when I was in high school, um, or even like, yeah, early high school to, to now, they've kind of always been there and they've always been music that I go back to quite regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a bit easier and it's a bit easier to listen to. It's not like super heavy stuff. Well, it's not heavy at all, actually. Um, and yeah, they've, they've been with me through, you know, so many key moments through high school, you know, that MySpace, MySpace life, um, you know, being a kind of emo kid growing up in high school, yep. all that, all that stuff. Um, they're one of, yeah, they're one of my favorite bands that did it. So yeah. What about you? Um, yeah. So they released their first album when I'd finished high school. So the year we finished. Yeah. Um, so I was really at that like a peak emo stage, uh, new fan glory, uh, motion city soundtrack, stuff like that. And they just slotted in so well with them, but they yeah. weren't the same. They're, they're a little bit different. Uh, the two singers made a big, um, made a big difference to me. Yeah. And it just, you could just listen to it start to finish any time of the day. You yeah. Know, it's not too much in your face, but it's just, it's just easy easy listening emo yeah it's really just really good you just bop along to it and yeah and it goes by really fast yeah i think it was for me um you know we talked about my favorite band my chemical romance (laughs) and and you know myspace being such a big time in my life when i kind of was starting high school and going through high school and just trying to find as many bands as you can right and mayday parade were a popular one that came up a lot I remember hearing, you know, their singles off their first EP. I thought it was pretty cool, but then their album, Lesson in Romantics, came out. And, like, I'm sure many people who are listening or in the scene today, that album, you know, had so many bangers on it. Um, I'm sure every sad boy out there, you know, resonated with those songs. And uh, that was pretty much it. (laughs) And 
to this day, it's still something I listen to really regularly. Um, so yeah, I love it. Yeah. So, um, when we started like talking early on, like playing games and stuff like that, and you, you talked about Mayday Parade a lot, I actually fell off the bandwagon, um, after their second album. Yeah. And kind of like just listened to different stuff. Like didn't, it's not like I didn't like them. I just kind of lost, lost touch with them. And then when yep. I look back at the discography and, and discovered that they were still going, you know, like I was, I was pretty amazed because it's not that you hear anything bad about a band, but they just kind of, they just, just worked and worked and worked and, and still working now. So it's, it's really good to see. Oh, it's, it's wild. And when you think about all their, all their releases over time, you know, I admittedly, I probably dropped off some of their newer stuff, you know, probably for a good, there was two albums there that we'll talk about later on. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah, I probably didn't love as much, um, but there was still a place for them, right? And then I think with their latest stuff, I think they've they've kind of found a balance between that nostalgia sound that they were so good for early on, yeah. but also you know what we're hearing in the scene today. And I think it's pretty incredible to think that you know I say emo in not the emo way that you know we're talking genre bending stuff, but mm-hmm. um, that kind of emo sad boy sound. Um, it's amazing that they're still killing it at that. Yeah. Um, so I dove straight back into um, what it means to fall apart, and it sounded familiar. It didn't sound yeah. different, like super different. Like they changed yeah. the whole heap, and and you kind of expect that a little bit of pop punk band, pop punk bands, because they're like the 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 change is is it's kind of not going to be drastic unless they go full acoustic or or folky or something no. like that. But it felt familiar, but it felt new at the same time. And that's, that's just a testament of, of time and experience. And, and yeah, I agree. And I I think we'll briefly touch on a few bands that, you know, we might consider in that realm, you know, bands like All Time Low, The Main, um, both of them are still around today, Mm -hmm. but their sounds kind of changed in a way that I would say probably further away from their older sounds. Whereas Mayday Parade, they're still kind of there, but they're still relevant and, there's not a lot of bands I think doing that or that can do that really today. Yeah. Um, you know, and still be quite massive. So yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty incredible. So should we discuss the albums or their releases? I thought we could start with some pressing history. Oh yes. Let's get in the history. Yeah. So, um, you know, the pressing history that no one asked for, um, you know, I think last week we were still a bit, <laughs> we were still trying to figure out what exactly Melodic Hardcore was and where that history li- uh, lies. And I think, you know, I'd love to touch back on that topic again in the future once we've, you know, had more time to explore these conversations we've had off, mm-hmm. off the pod. Part two is going to be. Um, but I think this band, you know, does have some pretty interesting topics that have happened over time. Um, so I think I'll start with, you know, before Mayday even happened, do the band's uh, defining moment and kid named Chicago, do they mean anything to you? To me? Um... Yeah. Not musically, I just know that they were kind of the two bands that came together to form Mayday Parade. Yeah, so essentially they were both from Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. Uh, defining moment was Derek Sanders, who's the current vocalist, yep. um, along with Brooks Betts, uh, who's on guitar, and Jeremy Lonzo, who was on bass, while Kid Named Chicago was Jason Lancaster, yep. who was the vocalist when they started out. Um, obviously left, and, and we'll touch on that, um, as well as Alex Garcia on guitar and, and Jake Bundrick on drums. Yep. 
Um, and I think it was pretty crazy that I don't, I don't know many bands that have joined together like that to create kind of a band when they're so young, right? Yeah, it's it seems foreign to me. Like, usually... Well, usually you hear, like, three... Like, three guys get together in high school and they kind of carry a yeah. band through, um, all the way through. Like, bands like Glassjaw kind of did that a little bit where... Um, yeah. They had a couple of members and then they kind of, it was like a rotating roster until they got, got up and running. But yeah. to kind of merge two bands together, it's probably more common than we, than we think, but probably, it's not something yeah. you hear about a lot in the mainstream. No. Um, and I thought it was pretty crazy that, yeah, the bassist um, suggested that they join because they were practicing in the same building yeah. and they were like, why don't we just do this together? Um, which I think is pretty crazy, especially for a local scene. It's probably a smart move when you've got two different bands trying to, you know, capture the same audience and they say, why don't we just join Yep. and we can just try and grow from there. And yeah, I really like that. Um, and I knew those two bands were kind of around before Mayday mm-hmm. just from, you know, years of kind of being a fanboy. Um, you hear about it, but I didn't realize, um, that was as simple as that's how it started. Yeah. It's so cool. It's so cool. They, they must've sound, sounded pretty close to each other. And just yeah. thought, hey, look, we're we're kind of fighting an uphill battle against each other. Let's just jo- just join forces and and see what happens. Yeah, to be honest, I mean, I haven't listened to them probably in over ten years. Yep. You know, back from MySpace days. Um, but they almost did sound like Mayday songs, to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. So it makes perfect sense. Um, and I'm super gra- glad that they changed the name. And didn't stick with one of those two because I definitely prefer the name Mayday Parade a lot more. Yeah. Um, I think it's a great definitely name rolls too. off the tongue. Yeah, so do I. Um, so, yeah, they joined in 2005, um, which I think is pretty great. Um, and I, again, like you mentioned earlier, the two vocalists, I think, is just a really good dynamic. Um, and they had both different ranges for that emo sound. or Yeah. And I think it just balanced really well. Um, so yeah, I think it was a great move for them to join the band. Um, I think as we go through, you know, their their time period, you know, Tales Told by Dead Friends was their first EP they released mm-hmm. um, in November of 2006. Uh, they toured that for a little bit and I thought like they toured that with the Plain White Tees, which I thought was pretty crazy for a band that had just started to, to get on a band on a tour like that. Yeah. Um, it shows how big but, they were though, like beforehand. So they, yeah. they'd done their work. So I... Um, I listened to a a podcast that had um, uh, Derek on it, and yeah. and he explained that they used to drive their van following around the Warp tour, and they used to sell their CDs to people in the line, and people in the line thought nice. they were actually playing, and then like I think halfway through they got they um, became friends with like security and ended up getting in. And they also started playing to the line while people were waiting to really? get in. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. I didn't know that. That like, is pretty crazy. They were playing in the car park and stuff. And then um, one of the showrunners actually started letting them in and um, put them on early. And then they, they they started going from there. Was this as Mayday or was this as their the OG bands? This is a defining moment, I'm pretty sure. Oh, that's great. That's a great story. I yeah. mean... I can't think of any festivals I've been to where bands would play at the front. In the car park. <laughs> right? I don't, I don't think I can think of being any moment like that. Definitely getting mixtapes outside 
after a show yeah. were common. Um, but no, playing live, that's commitment, especially following the festival around. That's uh, ballsy. Crazy. It's like, but that's how you, yeah. that's how you create hey, a following. Hustle. Yeah. It's like, oh, um, we saw you in the line and then we saw you play in the car park afterwards. Like, how cool would that be? Yeah, that, that, that is pretty cool. Um, and I think what was really good, so they released that EP in November 2006 and they started writing their album or recording their album in January of the following year. So, like you said, they, they were working hard, right? Yeah. Um, you know, they come off some tours with like the Plain White Tea is pretty big. Yeah. Um, at that time. Yeah, uh, to then start recording their album like straight away is pretty hectic, um, and they ended up releasing July that year, so not even a full year between releases. I think is probably a bit uncommon, but yeah. back then, you know, it's good on them, right? <laughs> yeah, time time went a little bit slower back then. I think for bands, like it's yeah, it's just like let's get it out there, let's get on the road, let's let's get going. They probably needed the release to get the hype because there's no social media to be plugging your band twenty four seven. Yeah. You know, whereas, you know, now you probably don't need to release as much music. It's probably more promote the songs longer. Yeah. Um, maybe. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> we're not in a band. Yeah, <laughs> we no, don't we're not. Band, so. <laughs> um, um, but then I think, I mean, that, that album comes out in July 2007. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get ahead of myself here, but arguably of that era, probably one of the best albums to come out, I think, of that sound. Um even up against the big dogs that were, they were competing with that we kind of mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we'll rank the albums later on, so I don't want to get ahead of myself too much. <laughs> um, but I think the sad thing with that album coming out was Jason Lancaster um, left the band. Yeah. And you knew, you obviously knew that. Do you know why? I don't know why, no. So the story that we all, we've been told is that... Um, he left the band, you know, due to lack of writing credit on both the EP and the album. Okay. Which, I mean, it's never really, really been confirmed. You know, I remember back in the day, I was in forums, I was on MySpace, I was reading articles, I was reading the magazines, and there was nothing really confirmed or solid. Yeah. There's still nothing really confirmed or solid, but that's essentially what happened, um, which I think was, at the time pretty sad if, if I'm being honest yeah um, I think they had something special me too I think um that's what made them made a parade like yeah it's just made them so much different to what they to everyone else yeah and I, and I think we'll talk about it when we go through our favorite songs but yeah just the the difference between the two I think is just something that I can't think many bands having that you know obviously they have bands today might have a, a clean vocalist and a, and a screamer yeah um, but I think having two cleans that were so different, but so perfectly suited to the, to the style that they were going for, I just don't think we see much of it anymore. No, definitely don't. And it, yeah, it's sad for, sad for him, sad for, for us as fans and, and sad yeah. for the, sad for the scene, but they, they seem to push through that and, and get over that hump pretty quickly. Yeah. And, and, and I will say, I mean, to Jason's credit, um, it, or it, him leaving also made, you know, some of my favorite songs. He, he went on to start Go Radio, which I'm not sure if you've listened to them before. Not in a long time. Amazing. Like, their their first two albums, so they did Do-Overs and Second Chances and then Lucky Street. They are two of probably my favorite albums from that time as well. Okay, cool. Um, and he did a song on that first album called Goodnight Moon, which I'll put it up there with the 
the sad boy, you know, <laughs> top tier emo songs from that era. Oh, wow. um, that's got to be one of them. So yeah. go go and listen to Go Radio um, because, yeah, it, it's worth it. Awesome. I'm going to do that after this. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, after that, um, can you believe they've not had any band cha- band member changes since that? I was I I was just looking at that. Like, it's amazing to me that like the singer of the two merging bands left. Yeah. So the singer of one band left, and not a member followed him. It's wild. I think I think it's. And I mean, when you look at what happened, right? So they they release, they become a band in two thousand and five. Yeah. They release the EP late two thousand six. The album comes out not even a year after, and then that year they're playing the Warp Tour as Mayday Parade. Yeah, crazy. That's a pretty quick progression, right? Yeah. It's a skyrocket. It's it's so quick, and um, yeah, I mean, there's my whole life, you know, there was bad blood. Um. I, I thought between the two, you know, it was always mm-hmm. like comments going back and forth. Um, when the anniversary presses came out for the, the vinyl and CD and everything, it was almost like his name was at the bottom. <laughs> it wasn't like he was really given the, the credit that he probably was deserving of. So, yeah, you know, as a fan, I was thinking, fuck, maybe Mayday Parade did dog him a bit. <laughs> yeah, but it's hard to know. Only they know. And it's kind yeah. of, it's his word against theirs and they didn't really confirm or deny. But yeah. Yeah. As long as he went on to to kind of pursue his own musical like endeavors, yeah. um, I'm happy that he was able to put put out some good music as well because it would have been a waste of talent otherwise. Also, I, I mean, something else I don't want to harp on too much about him necessarily, but did you know that he helped write um, "Have Faith in Me" by Day to Remember on Homesick? I only found that out like you know looking up some of this stuff, and that blew oh, my mind. No, I had no idea. Um, that is so when you go track. listen to when you go listen to Goodnight Moon, yeah. go and listen to Lucky Street, the album, and then it makes sense. Like I, I had a light bulb moment that of course he helped write that song because they're in the same kind of vein. Mm-hmm. So that's a banger of yeah. a song too. Yeah, absolutely. It was I think it was one of my favorites. I'm sure we'll do an Ad Day to Remember episode one day. One day, <laughs> and we can <laughs> we can debate. <laughs> um, but I think with that, right? So. Um, They've had 15 years of the same band members since. Um, what was what was great to see, and I remember, you know, being a fan at the time. But in 2019, um, those two OG bands, um, with Defining Moment and Kid Named Chicago, actually did a co-headline acoustic show for charity. What? Yeah, did you, you know, you don't know this? No. Yeah, so they did um, an acoustic charity show in 2019 um, for charity, and I remember. You know, being at work, I think I was, I was still in Melbourne back then. And all my mates started texting me, have you seen this video that's come out of the two of them singing Jamie all over together, like live acoustic at this charity show? Oh, man. Um, and it was just a happy moment knowing that, you know, that they, 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 they can perform together. They yep. mustn't hate each other that bad, right? Yeah. They're like those divorced parents that can be at a, a party together. They can still yep. kind of be amicable. And pull it through yeah. when the kids need it. And yeah. Elder emos now. Yeah. Um, and I just think that was, it's such a cool little thing. Um, so heartwarming. Um, great to see. And um, it was actually a pretty good cover to... It was a good rendition of the song, should I say. So um, I love that. I thought that was a good little nugget. Um, 
that kind of tied in, I guess, where they'd come over the last 15 years or 13 years at that time. Yeah. Full circle. Um, yeah. So, um, other than that, and I don't want to do us too short on, on the, the pressing history for this episode, but the band's had a pretty uneventful history. Yeah. After that. I, was, I saw that when I was, I was doing my little tidbits of, of research. Like, yeah. they just released albums like Clockwork, like... Yep. every two or three years and and then like just just pumping material out i think my favorite thing through uh, i mean it summarizes the band right and how they got so big originally um is that myspace right myspace was a driving force for so many bands in that era um but especially made a parade and the fact that they like anywhere but here their follow-up album which you did listen to right at the time yes yep um, you know, I remember that being heavily, heavily plugged on MySpace. Um, everyone was talking about it on MySpace. It, it was probably the pinnacle of the MySpace era yeah. for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they've just ridden on the, that, that, the coattails of that nostalgia vibe ever since, you know, they've played on so many warp tours, slam dunk. Um, they've been here for Soundwave a bunch of times. Yeah. Um, they've played like co-headline shows with bands like the Academy is, you know, we spoke before about all time low, the main, um, you meet six were a big one there. Yep. Um, and I'd say they're probably the kings of you know the punk goes, whatever albums. Um, yeah. Those are yeah. classics. <laughs> um, like they've had six features, I think, across all of those, um, which I, I don't think any other band has done that many. Um, no, I don't think so either. But just reading here about anywhere but here, they actually exclusively released one of their singles on MySpace. That's the only place oh. you could listen to it. And that was Kids in Love. That's pretty cool. Um, great song too. <laughs> great song. Um, that is pretty cool though. Um, if only MySpace was still what it was today. I'd love to see bands like exclusively release things on a website like that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Rather than, you know, Kanye dropping music on title only <laughs> for the first few weeks. That, that was a pain. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother episode or two. Oh, great. <laughs> um, and yeah, so after all this time, I think they're still killing it. Um, like we mentioned, I think their new album's great. Uh, and they're flogging these anniversary shows, which I think is exactly what they should be doing. Correct. Um, and I'm, I'm here for it. So yeah, I love it. Yeah, me um, too. I like that they're, they're acknowledging the, uh, the, the early stuff, the early days, those fans that kind of made them who they were. Or who they are, and um, yeah. and yeah, still still pumping out those those great tunes. Yeah, I mean it, it. I mean I'm here for it. Like I said, it does piss me off a bit because they released their latest album, which I love. Um, but instead of touring that album, they're touring their self titled album. <laughs> yep. And um, you know, I saw it. What was it? Two months ago. Mm-hmm. And all I wanted was a few more songs of that new album, but didn't get it. But that's fine. They just have to come back and. Um, Maybe they'll play fest soon. Yeah, I think they'll they'll be back. Yeah, they've been here um, enough who, times by the looks of it. Yeah, have you have you seen them live? I don't think I have. I may have seen seen them at one of the sound waves. Yeah, back in the day, but um, that was a long time ago. So yeah, um, I don't. I think I went to exclusively see them. I think yeah, but um, for what I've seen, I did a quick scare of uh youtubes and and found some pretty cool 
footage and they look like they go pretty hard. Yeah, I yeah, I agree. I think I've seen them. I've seen them at a few sound waves. I've seen them at a bunch of shows over the time. Um, and but there was probably a good five year period between seeing them um, before they they um, before they toured a listening romantics for their ten year anniversary tour. Mm-hmm. And so many people I'd spoken to were like, "Mayday suck live." Like they're really not good. Oh really? <laughs> and I'm thinking. Every time I've seen them, I've had a really good time, right? And I, I thought, it can't be, they can't be that bad live. I've, I've seen them so many times. I've never had a bad experience seeing them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we went to that 10-year anniversary show, which, you know, one of, one of my favorite gigs I've been to for a number of reasons. Um, and, you know, I wasn't drinking at this show. I was fully present and it was amazing. I think they sounded tight. Um, it was almost like they, they hadn't skipped a beat you know, from the recording. So, um, no, Mayday Parade's still on top. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know who those other people listening to then. Well, I've had it a few times. Like a lot of those bands from that era and one notably the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus, um, everyone has told me they're crap. And the first time I saw them live, I thought they like killed it. So I have no idea. (laughs) Maybe my ears are just a bit cooked after all these gigs I've been to in my life, but who knows? All right, so we should we get into some rankings? Let's do it. All right, let's start with some songs. We'll start with songs. Okay, let's do it. All right, do you want to start with number five? Number five songs. So this one I think is a bit left field. Um, I'll be really surprised if it comes up on your list. Okay. Um, but it's a song from Sunnyland. So the album before yep. their most recent. Mm-hmm. Um, the song is, and, and, and hold tight for this one. It's hard to be religious when certain people are never incinerated by bolts of lightning. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Which, uh, I think it's just, um, it was probably the song that brought me back. I think they lost me for a few albums and then Sunny Lane came out. Um, it was probably against the grain to what I was listening to at the time. And as soon as I listened to that and that song came on, um, I just fell back in love. So I think that's a song for me that has to be on my list. Yep. Okay, cool. My, my number five is Take This to Heart. Oh, brilliant. So, I'm not... I don't have a great deal of listening history with these guys recently. Yeah. I went through as much of the uh, the back catalogue as I could, and this one really stuck yep. out to me. Um, yeah. Um, and it was just, like, what I love Mayday Parade for is this, like, catchy, head-bopping, yep. and... Um, yeah, and oh, it's off a listening romantics, so tells yep. you tells you a bit of a, a why that why I love that song yeah. because that's the <laughs> that, uh, that's the only album I have of them um, physically, and we picked yeah. that up recently. Yeah, and um, yeah, so um, I did find some notes about it though, and it says that um, this song's uh, them writing about themselves being a touring band. And oh, okay. being on the road and long distance relationships, so it's um, nice. yeah, it's quite an interesting take on take on touring. That was actually one of my least favorite songs off that album. I will add until I they did that song for Punk Goes Acoustic mm-hmm. once, and I really liked it acoustically. And every time I listen back, I like it more and more. So it's a good it's a good song to be having your list. Yeah. Oh, thanks. I'm off to a good start. Yeah. <laughs> 
number four? Yep. Okay, so I've got my number four is I swear this time I mean it. Off anywhere but here. Yep. Um, So, sounds like it's it's about Florida, self-reflection... And just like uh, most of their songs, <laughs> yeah, most of their songs. It's, it's you know what, what, what more yeah. can I say? But um, yeah, the looks are really cool, and yeah, so that's why it's my number four. I, I'm gonna come in with a cold take here. Probably, I've no songs from that album in my top five. Yeah, that's fair. You've listened to all the albums though, so that probably helps. Number four for me is is a cult classic. Um, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed in myself that it's not higher, but I don't think I could do it. But number four for me is Miserable at Best from A Lesson in Romantics. Yeah, yeah. coming early in the list. <laughs> um, it's a classic. I, I mean, there's no, the, it's a classic, right? Mm-hmm. I think you put it on any emo night and people are belting it out. Uh, like No Tomorrow. I've never been to a show and they've played that song and there's one person not singing it. I think it's just... Um, I don't want to say it's their peak because it was their first album, but it I would say it's arguably maybe their most popular. I don't know. Mm, it's not on my list. Oh, really? Yeah. It's too sad boy for you. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. It's um it's a great song, don't get me wrong, but um it's probably an honorable mention for me. Just like there's a yep. couple more that I kind of resonate a bit more, have a bit more nostalgia about, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, so, number three, you're up. Number three for me is off self-titled. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Call Me Hopeless But Not Romantic. Okay. Um, it's one of my favorite songs off the album. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know how to describe this song any more than when you listen to the album and, you know, the flow of the album and kind of what's happening at the time. Um, it just, it kind of lifts the album to a whole new energy. Um, it's not, it's not as slow as some of their other songs. Um, but I think the tempo is just great. It builds really well. Um, and you know, with a title like that, I mean, I'm sure you know what the song's about. So, um, it's just, yeah, it's, um, peak Mayday for me. Nice. Nice. My number three is the song before that on self-titled. I was debating which one of these to put in my list. <laughs> it's a super sad song. I know. And I, I don't know. It just, it just hits. Um, it's just a breakup song from what I can understand. And it's called stay. Sorry. I should have said that. Yeah. I was about to jump in, <laughs> but um, yeah, it just is, it leads really well into um, your number three and, um, I, yeah, just, just really, that, can, that, like, um, came at a really good time in the, in the self-titled album as well. Yeah. And, um, it's just really cool. Can I, um, break, can I like break your heart for a minute here? Can you believe, uh, and I was actually spitting this record before we recorded today, um, on vinyl, mm-hmm. the stay is the last song on side A and Call Me Hopeless is the first song on side B and every time I listen to it it pisses me off because I'm thinking yeah, cause it, it this should, should be fucking be on the same side <laughs> oh man that sucks but yeah yep. you can't help it you've got you've got it on vinyl that's a that's a big plus yep um, 
Yeah, very stoked to pick that up this year. Okay, so move on to my number two. And that is uh, When I Get Home, You're So Dead. Awful classic song. Romantics. Same same thing. It's just like the, the title speaks for itself. I could have like put up Billy's Wheel off um, the footy show and just with every for every song from A Lesson in Romantics and just spun it yep. and just put it on my list I think that's yep. it's fairly generic for me um, with this band anyway but um, yeah it's just it's just great I know yep. I love the album from front to back so it's kind of hard to pick pick favourites I agree um, my number two surprise surprise is also from that album um, it is you be the anchor that keeps my feet on the ground and I'll be the wings that keep your heart in the clouds. Um, it's a ballad. It's a sad one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think anyone who loves this album is a liar from saying they haven't like belted this out singing in the car by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely know what to show every time this comes on, you know, I just, I just get a, a great feeling that, you know, everyone's about to sing this song that, you know, in for my opinion, Better than miserable at best, as obviously the rankings suggest, but um, it's just a banger. It's a ballad. It's just it yeah. builds really well. Um, yeah, I love it. I've always loved ballads. That's just yeah. I think everyone does, but like it's, they're they're so good. Just to and it, it comes just, towards the end of the album, and it just like whoa, you yeah. just feel so good after listening to it. it reminds me of summer, um, just driving around with the windows down, and and you just yeah. like nothing. Nothing to worry about. Just you, the road, some tunes. You could say um, it made you feel like the um, kids of summer. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. All right, that's okay. it for the pot, yeah. everyone. Let's go. <laughs> I had to do it. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, so, you're, you're up for number one. My number one is not on a lesson in romantics. Um, it's plot twist. It is three cheers for five years um, off the EP um, Tales Told by Dead Friends. Um, it is my favorite Mayday song, clearly. I remember listening to it for the first time, and that was the song that probably really wrote me in. Yeah. Um, I think it's aged incredibly well. Both, you know, I've heard different recordings of it um, live. I think it just carries really well. It's got, it's got that emo kind of, you know, what's what's the word? Kind of rebellious, kind of angry mm-hmm. kind of feel to it while also being a sad boy song and it's just I love it um, it's it's my number one song by a long shot nice what about you I've gone the the generic number one but it's the song that drew me in and that's Jamie All Over oh banger yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I can't believe it. yeah I don't I didn't realise until doing this research that this was actually written uh, it was a kid named Chicago song. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so it's a kid named Chicago song that they recorded for um, Tales Do- Told by Dead Friends and then yep. dedicated to uh, like re record it for a lesson in romantics yep. to kind of like bring it up to, to May- Mayday standards, I guess you could say. But yep. um, just, the, I think, pretty sure it was the first song I ever heard from Mayday and just. Someone had it on like a mixtape or something or a, a mix CD. Yeah. Went straight out and got the album straight away. It's just. It's a banger. Yeah. And yeah, that's the one that you, you just, it comes on an emo night and you just scrape it out. And I think 
Yeah, you're right. It's probably the most popular, right? I think so. Yeah. It w- I'm like, um, I don't know. We we might find out. So let yeah, us know awesome. what your your favourite Mayday Parade song is. Um, did you have any honourable mentions? Only the one we've already spoken about. So I've got a few. I'm just gonna I'm gonna reel them off real yep. quick. Okay. Um, Kids in Love. Um, but of um, anywhere but here. I didn't have any anywhere but here in any of my favourite songs, but mm-hmm. I can't knock that the singles off that album are elite and they need to be called out, especially Kids in Love. I think it's an absolute banger. Um, my second honourable mention was Terrible Things off Valdosta, their acoustic EP they did, okay. which I'm sure we'll get to that in a minute, Dave, but you know I've got <laughs> thoughts on my on you with that EP, so you've got some homework to do. Okay, yep. <laughs> Um, and the last one is off the new album, actually, which I think is a song off the new album that um, absolutely kind of done it, done it for me, was One for the Rocks and One for the Scary. Okay. Um, and Just Say You're Not Into It, off Tales Told by Dead Friends as well. So um, there might there are probably four that could have made the list, but we only had five, so that's fine. Yeah, they've got such a big catalogue too, like... There's yeah. gonna be there's gonna be ones we miss, so I'd love to hear yeah, absolutely to hear those other songs and and we can add them to yep. a, to a list somewhere. Yep. So should we should we rattle through our favorite albums or favorite releases? Sorry, should I say because yep. I think the EPs need to to be included. Well, I do anyway. I know you didn't, but <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So as I said, disclaimer. Don't roast me too hard. I've been off the bandwagon for a little while, so I'm back on now, so that's the main thing. That's good. I was thinking, because there are so many, and I think that I, I don't really have anything I want to say about the bottom three. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, that's fine. Um, do you want to hit me with your 10, 9, and 8? Yep. So, these are in no particular order. Um, so, 10 is Black Lines. Yep. Out of here is 9. Yeah. And Valdosta is going to be number eight. Wow. But it's good that you put Valdosta as number eight because it doesn't deserve to be anywhere near 10. That's fine. So, um, look, my, my 10 is Monsters in the Closet. Uh, my nine is Black Lines. And my eight is Out of Here, the EP. Okay. Um, not that they're bad albums, but they were the two albums that I think felt a bit boring. Um, I think Mayday were, were trying to kind of just... Re- replicate what had made them successful mm-hmm. um not that they're probably still not doing that but i think they just didn't hit the same way maybe it was the time in my life where i was i just wasn't you know resonating with that as much yeah. but um yeah i was happy to sit out for those two albums really um and they're, they're at the bottom of my list okay cool so what's your number yeah. seven then my number seven which is really hard to do uh, because i think really my seven to two could be well, maybe not two. Maybe seven to three could really be any numbers. Oh, okay. Uh, but my number seven, I put a Sunnyland. Okay. I love that album. Like I said, it brought me back in love after those um, Black Lines and Monsters in the Closet. Um, and I think I put it number seven because I just don't think it holds the weight of nostalgia that the the ones that we're going to talk to have. So that was really my, my number seven. Yeah. What about you? So my number seven is Monsters in the Closet. So yeah, I don't haven't really listened to six to ten. So that's where yeah. kind of my my head's at there. So, um, yeah. but I did have a like a, a a skim through, I guess you could say, like a, a couple of listens through Sunnyland, and I did like that a little bit more than Monsters in the Closet. So that's 
kind of where that I think that I, I picked up Monsters in the Closet this year on vinyl and I hadn't really listened to it much on streaming or at all really in a few years um, and look there's a place for it uh, I, I think I was maybe too harsh on it when it first came out but yeah it doesn't stack up against the others I don't think mm. and that's fair so my number six yeah. is Sunnyland so for oh, very good so I enjoyed it I'm, I'm going to give it more time so that's that's kind of where it sits at the moment yeah it's a good album I think it, it, it's gonna it's that sounds aged well in that album I think mm-hmm. um, it's worth it yeah I like the um, art number six. I like the artwork a little bit more as well than the others <laughs> so that kind of drew yeah. me in I think it's got a cool cover yeah I do like the cover um, my number six which was really hard to put here because I have been talking so highly about it um, but um, what it means to fall apart is my number six, which was really hard to do. Um, I, I think it deserves to be in the top five, to be honest, mm-hmm. but um, number five just edges it out for me. Cool. What it means to fall apart is my number five. Ooh, here we go. Maybe we're going to be chasing each other till the end. I think we may be. I don't know. Let's. Oh, maybe not. My number five, I think, is a bit of a curveball. So. Okay, yeah. I just really enjoyed that getting back into them. And it's like that yep. rediscovery kind of album um, yep. for me. And yeah, it's nostalgic and, and new all at the same time. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So we're up to number five, right? Yep. So my number five, which uh, probably unpopular opinion here. Um, anywhere but here is my number five. Okay. Oh, I thought that would shock you a bit more. Maybe not. Well, I don't know. You talk... You, you do talk a lot about the others, so it's kind of hard hard to read. Yeah, fair call. And you didn't call. have a you didn't have a one of the singles the in your top five. No, look, I think um, even though I didn't have any songs in my my top five, um, I think as an album, it it's very well good. It's very good front to back. You know, I love the songs um, so much, but yeah, it just I think now the gap from four five to four and onwards is probably getting a bit bigger mm-hmm. for me. Um, so the, the, the last four were really hard to, to, to list. Yep. Uh, so we're up to number four now and that is self-titled for me. You see? Yeah, fair. You see yeah, that's good. Going? I mean, it's not my number four, but it's, I mean, it, it, there's not really a bad album in the top four. I think the final four that we're talking about yeah. now, right? So, um, why'd you put self-titled for? I think, um, for me, it's just the nostalgia reasons, the other ones kind of stack up a little bit more. Um, I do feel like it was where they were hitting their straps the most in that time. So after, after kind of, um, really putting out two solid emo pop punk albums and, and they were just, they were kind of honing, almost honed their craft to their peak there. But I just feel like I didn't have that emotional connection to the songs on the album as much as the others. But four is not ten, so (laughs) that's always good. No, no. Um, Well, my number four was Valdosta EP. Okay. um, Which, like I said to you off off the pod earlier, um, you need to listen to it. It's um, got a few new songs on there. Um, You know, Terrible Things was in my special honorable mentions. Um, It, like, is the saddest song I think they've written. And Mm. you need to listen to it, like in the dark by yourself <laughs> listen to it like really listen to it okay um 
because yeah, it's it's the saddest song, um, but it's brilliant. And you know, there's a few acoustic songs from anywhere but here on there, and I think it's just a great little EP. Came out at a really good time. I think it came out just after Self Titled did. Yeah, 20, 2011, 2012. Yeah, and before Monsters, I think as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it just came out at a good time, um, and yeah, it just is everything I love about Mayday in that EP. So cool, love it. So well, I guess we're on the subject of self-titled. I might go with number three being self-titled is my number three. Um, all the reasons you said before. Um, I love it. I think it's, it's arguably, uh, I thought it was really hard to list my final three, but self-titled is amazing. And after seeing their most recent tour, playing that front to back, uh, it's cemented that, you know, it's, it's one of their best, if not their best, but like nostalgia reasons, it didn't put it higher, but mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is their most, like, technically sounding best and and best, like, songwriting, I think, as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm so glad they did that to her because um, I didn't realise I needed to hear those songs front to back until I saw it and I was like, I needed this, you know, coming out of lockdowns yeah. and, and everything. Uh, I needed that. Definitely. Um, sad I missed them. I didn't know until it was too late that they were touring, so... Yeah. Next time, next time. Next time. They'll, they'll come back. I reckon they'll come back for like summer. Um I was gonna I was gonna I was gonna suggest full tilt next year, but who knows what's happening with full tilt. <laughs> yeah. Um maybe there are good things next year. Yeah. We'll see. That's a good call. Um so my number three is Tales Told by Dead Friends, the E P. Very good. So I just like that early I'm a bit, bit of a fan of the, the raw kind of sound as well, so Oh, uh, it's it's really raw too compared to the album. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I just love that that raw stuff. I like hearing bands before they, they kind of hone their sound a little bit too. So, it's yeah. always a lot of fun. Um, well, that's my number two. <laughs> okay. Well, do you want to explain why it's number two and then I'll go to mine? Um, so, that, that's my number two. For, for similar reasons, I think it's really raw. It's what started it for me. Um, I think those songs have just translated really well over time. Um you know, they're, they're probably a little bit, like you said, raw, but a little bit heavier too with the riffs yep. um, on it. Like it does feel a bit heavier and a bit more punky in that pop punky sound rather than sad boy pop punk emo sound. Yep. And um, I just love it. You know, it's my favorite songs on that album, on that EP. Sorry, should I say? Um, and yeah, it's just aged really well. I agree. Uh, so my number two is Anywhere But Here. Yeah. Just the, that natural nostalgia direction that we're going in. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's a lot of fun. Again, I've got some good memories of it, listening to it. Um, yeah, so we'll drive, like, driving around and stuff by then. And just, yeah. it, was, it was just good to have on. Yeah. I don't know. I, I love that album and it's aged, it's aged well. Um, but I just, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know what I was listening to when that album came out, but it just doesn't have that same nostalgia hit that self-titled and a listening romantics has for me so i don't i don't know what i was doing then but yeah it's a great album so my number one is a listening romantics our number one our is number a listening one. romantics yeah. <laughs> yeah. and rightfully so yeah definitely that that's just like um yeah shot them up into the stratosphere basically yeah and and they've never really come down and i think a lot of like emo bands probably strive to to do what these guys have done with with 
their first album and then and then kind of maintain that and it's a really hard yeah. thing to do in this day and age I think with streaming and and the demand for for physical media kind of yeah. diminishing and like festivals being a, a lot different uh, makes it really hard yeah I mean I think we've spoken about this album so many times through the pod um, but you know I go back to seeing them live and everyone just goes so crazy for these songs and even at their self-titled tour they played two songs off this album at the end yep. and that was the biggest energy of the night <laughs> were those two songs and um, I think just the hold they have on people in the scene um, even if you know you don't listen to them now at one point or another these songs you know you listen to I'd say arguably um, and you know they help you get through moments like me mm-hmm. being a sad boy going through high school all that stuff yep. um, you know I listen to this album on repeat and um, yeah it's got to be number one it's their best yeah and for a lot of people like between your and your age and my age like it's it came out at that time where you're kind of feeling what they're feeling so you, it's very relatable yeah so you have yeah. that connection to it because it did help you through through moments through through high school through like might not have been tough times it's just it's just there when you're when you're forming your yeah. your identity especially in music that's a yeah a, a really important time in um yeah absolutely in people's lives yeah and i i miss my space <laughs> i miss all the bands i was listening to out of my space yep. and you know um yeah i just everything about that era i just love and mayday was just such a big part of that and i'm so glad they're still around and yeah one of my favorite bands i think of all time hmm. very good what do you want to wrap it um, up from here well, I did want to ask you one question. Sure. I was wanted to ask earlier, but I completely forgot. Um, if they were to call it a day right now, after everything we've spoken about, uh, bands we've compared them to, they toured with, what's their legacy? Like, what, what, where do they sit in, in the scene? I think they have a pretty big legacy, as we've probably kind of been alluding to the whole time. Um, yeah. I think they kind of paved the way for a lot of the bands that we're probably seeing in and listening to now like yeah um yeah i don't know where they would sit like they'd be sitting up there with the likes of like new fan glory and stuff like that wouldn't you think oh that's a bigger convert i think um well i wasn't expecting you to say new fan glory um well that's a similar sound similar oh. era i oh, know i've got to think about this a bit more um I think they are up there with, oh, yeah, I guess actually, because I would have said they're, they're, they're up there, maybe not at that high, high level mm-hmm. that I would say, you know, all time low, um, early for that boy got to, yeah. um, but you found glory, I guess is where those bands would have gotten to, right? So yeah, it probably makes sense. They're up there. Um, I don't think they're quite up there that high. No. I think you found glory, yeah. you know, arguably the goats in, yeah, in, in, in pop punk, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they, yeah, I think they when they, when they call it a day, I think there are going to be a lot of sad people out there. Um, a lot of people, you know, reminiscing on a listening romantics and the early sound and yeah, I think their music will continue to live on in, in, in various ways. And the bands they've influenced, I think is, you know, massive, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think they're going to be up there. Yeah. Uh, maybe after a few apps, we can start to build our like apex mountain and see where do these bands sit. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
because um, that's an interesting conversation because they're they're their own thing and they're also very similar to some of the stuff and bands that we talk about. But yeah, um, it's a really hard thing to rank bands in different eras, and yeah, and they're kind of that. They're still in that era. <laughs> yeah, they're still in that era, and it's really hard. And it's a really good conversation to have, and I'd like to yeah. know what where, where people think they they're going to finish up because um, they've got a great legacy. They've got like they've had no issues. They've they've had one member leave in in seventeen years, in, and like that's crazy. Yeah, that's that's like the template basically. Let's just hope they don't get cancelled um, because all of my favourite bands are getting cancelled. So um, let's see. Let's, see Let's not jinx it. Let's just not jinx it. <laughs> no, I think you're right. Let, let the records show that I'm not saying that they're as good as Fallout Boy or All Time Low. I'm saying from that era, they. I think they were up there. Not now. I think they've kind of those bands have grown in uh, crazy ways. But um, yeah, I just want the record to show that before I get blasted in my DMs after this. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we'll wrap it up here. So. Um, Thank you all for listening. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts because that, that helps a lot. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at press.con.pod on both platforms. Um, let us know what your favorite Mayday Parade songs and, and albums are. Um, we'd love to hear that. Love to hear the feedback. Let us know what you think. Um, and yeah, we'll see you next time. Yeah, and I think also um, don't forget to check out the um, the press conference playlist where we'll upload um, or update you know with this episode coming out, um, and we'll include some of the songs that we talked about today. Um, yeah, check it out. Yep, thank you for listening. Buy your tickets to Polar Fest. Yes, good good call. Actually, that's next week or this week if you listen to this this week. Yeah. So if you're in Brisbane, yeah, don't forget to get tickets. Yeah, hit up Polar Fest. Yeah, cool. All right, see you, mate. See you, everyone. Bye.